Welcome back to NALFA's Affordable Housing Podcast. This is Jonathan Payne, your host and the Executive Director of NALFA. We are excited to be joined by Eric Enderlin, President of New York City Housing Development Corporation. Eric, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. During the NALFA Annual Conference, we had the opportunity to present New York City Housing Development Corporation with a 2019 Award of Excellence in the Redevelopment category for the ADC Genesis Year 15 Resyndication Project. Congratulations, Eric, to you and your team for this outstanding achievement. Thank you very much. It's a project that we're very proud of and we're happy to talk about and share what we learned from the project and, and also the benefits that it's had for the residents of the city of New York and particularly the residents of the neighborhood of Harlem. Eric, why don't you start by introducing yourself a little bit to our audience and tell us your background in the housing finance industry. Great, thank you. Um, so I've been at HDC as president of the New York City Housing Development Corporation since October of 2016 when the mayor appointed me and the board approved my appointment. Prior to that, I was deputy commissioner for development at the city's housing agency, Housing Preservation Development, and that particular role, uh, where I had been for over three years in that role, that particular role kind of runs point on the mayor's Housing New York plan, so the affordable housing plan for the city of New York. And under that Housing New York plan, the city is working to build or preserve 300,000 units of affordable housing. About 60% of those units would be in the area of preservation, uh, housing, affordable housing preservation. And that is where this ADC Genesis uh, resyndication development fits. But another 40% of those units will actually be a new construction of affordable housing under the, the city's housing plan. So we're, we're well in underway. We're in the, over the fifth year of that housing plan, and we're making really good progress. We're actually ahead of progress for that. And it's kind of, that's been my background. Prior to that, I worked at the New York City Housing Authority and actually worked in private consulting as well. But I've had a fairly long career now in affordable housing, working for the city of New York and at a variety of different agencies and, and in different capacities. Great. And for this particular project, can you tell us a little bit about the history behind the property and how it all got started? Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it actually comes out of a broader program as well. This is a particularly great example of it because of the work we were able to do and the location of it. But, you know, a number of years ago, probably going back eight or more years when we were really looking, you know, let's go back to 2009, for example, after the housing-led financial collapse had occurred and there was disinvestment occurring and, and the rate of new construction obviously had fallen, home ownership development had fallen, and there were tremendous opportunities uh, to actually do more preservation in the city of New York. In fact, the area of greatest need was affordable housing preservation because there had been folks that had been, you know, over-invested in the city or over-levered in the city and when that kind of retrenched a little bit, we looked at all of our preservation programs. And one of the preservation programs that we came up with was a larger scale resyndication of tax credit deal program. So it's our year 15 resyndication program. And this Genesis year 15 resyndication came out of that program in particular. We're particularly proud of it and excited about it because we were able to preserve 358 affordable units, deeply affordable units in central Harlem and in West Harlem across 28 buildings with some commercial space. So it was a fairly sophisticated undertaking, but we felt that it had tremendous impact in an area that had seen significant gentrification over time, 
had some significant loss of affordable housing, and this was an opportunity to make kind of a bold move all at once and preserve this entire portfolio um, at levels that were deeply affordable. And that also, not only were they affordable significantly at tax credit levels, 60% of area median income, as most folks know, but we were actually able to go to some deeper affordabilities, 50% of area median income, as well as introduce a component of uh, units for formerly homeless households. So 20% of the units, over 70 units, are actually uh, available to formerly homeless households who can move into this uh, set of buildings and developments. Are any of the units market rate? No, this is 100% affordable and deeply affordable. So it is That's awesome. 100% of a, a tax credit deal. And it involved you know, the transfer of the property from an existing owner. Um, we restructured and restated the debt. We brought in new tax credits um, and new volume cap, new private activity bonds to generate additional tax credit revenue. And we combined that with city subsidy and a tax abatement for a total development cost of about $70 million uh, to reposition this entire portfolio. And that was actually, you know, there was a lot of, a fair amount of that kind of activity where there might be one organization that was redefining or refining its particular mission. Um, folks who had been in housing, affordable housing, but may have been in a narrower band of it or had a smaller portfolio where the economies of scale weren't working particularly well, um, might reposition and focus more on education or social services or, or that type of thing. And so there were opportunities at that moment, and this was one of them, where we could kind of reposition a portfolio, change the ownership and the management, um, recapitalize the whole thing, and actually come out with some really deeply affordable preservation for a neighborhood like, like Harlem. And with the financial structure of the project, was there any challenges uh, that was faced to get this off and running? Yeah, there were quite a few. And, I, you know, kind of starting with the community in the neighborhood, we sometimes talk about neighborhoods in New York City where, you know, if you go back to the 70s and 80s, no one really anticipated that some of these neighborhoods would end up as strong or potentially gentrifying as some of them have in places like Harlem or places like Williamsburg over in Brooklyn. Um, have seen surprising amounts of strength and, and growth, where it's particularly important to preserve the affordable housing that exists there. And in some ways, we sometimes describe it in New York as a failure of imagination, that people never really uh, imagined that Harlem would take off the way it did or that Williamsburg might take off the way it has, or other neighborhoods, the parts of the Bronx also in that category. This was particularly rewarding because it was complicated to do. There was existing debt on it that had to be kind of rethought and restated. Um, some of it was federal debt, some of it was local debt that had to be assumed by the new owner and operator and that we worked to reposition and extend so that it was coterminous with any new debt and new financing that we put on it. But also one, one piece that we're particularly proud of in New York City, we produced, I think around 2006, something called the Acquisition Loan Fund. And the Acquisition Loan Fund was originally created to allow affordable housing developers to quickly move in the marketplace to buy land in a hot market for the provision of affordable housing. During that economic downturn, we repositioned the acquisition loan fund to be able to, to buy and reposition buildings as well for preservation. So it wasn't just a strong market land acquisition tool 
the acquisition loan fund became a tool to acquire buildings as well. And we even went so far as to allow it to make purchases of distressed debt that we could then uh, acquire the property and get control of the property and convert that to affordable housing as well. So we used the acquisition loan fund here, the purchasing entity, Genesis, actually used the acquisition loan fund to buy these properties and hold them so it could move quickly to make sure that it could gain control of the site as we worked to put together the financing. So the acquisition loan fund, which was unique to New York City for a while, I think there are some other cities that have developed their own acquisition funds in the intervening years, but that was a key element here and we're proud of that. The repositioning and kind of restating of all the debt, which was complicated across 28 buildings and those different various properties, and then the ability to kind of bring in a full scope and do the kind of work that was needed to actually make these properties strong again for the next 30 years and extend affordability for the next 30 years was a really critical piece of this. So there was a lot of a lot of work on the parts of many, many people to, to get this done. And the impact in a neighborhood like Harlem is is profound at this point. And what was the community response uh, related to the project? Was there any pushback or concerns from neighbors or or businesses in the area? And if so, how were those addressed? So it was well received. I mean, whenever you go into a community and you have tenants in place and you tell folks, look, we are working on a proposal that will rehabilitate your building systems and interiors and do a significant amount of work. It was moderate rehab, but it was a lot of work in terms of systems and in some of the interiors. You can do a tenant in place where you create hospitality suites and you move people around briefly for periods as the as some work gets done in their units, that's almost always extremely well received. And that was the case here because you're really telling people that we are going to preserve what you have for another 30 years and so that you're going to be able to stay in this apartment uh, for, a, for an extended period of time and you're going to have high quality affordable housing that allows you to stay in the neighborhood and the community. It's also true that this was scattered across a number of neighborhoods in Central and West Harlem. So it wasn't as though there was one big new building that was going to go in and be disruptive. In fact, some of these actually are old buildings from the 1890s, going back to the 1890s. So there were elements of, you know, sense of place and sense of community and a, and a certain visual representation. And so really what you were doing is preserving the character of those neighborhoods and preserving the affordability in those neighborhoods. And in most places, but particularly in New York, um, that's generally well received. That's great to hear. And were there any special private-public partnerships or organizations that you worked directly with that you want to talk about or recognize? Yeah, I mean, we have worked with Abyssinian Development Corporation over the years um, and have worked closely with them. When I was at HPD, I worked very closely with uh, Reverend Calvin Butts, who heads that organization. And we've been in talks about their housing portfolio and, and their mission and what they were doing. And so that was a good, productive, ongoing conversation. And then we worked with uh, Genesis um, uh, companies as well, and Karim Hudson over there, who we'd had a longstanding relationship with and had done other preservation work with over the years. And so it was kind of a, a very good fit uh, in, those, in that relationship. Um, we, you know, so, so that, that was a kind of a coincidence of, of needs and a coincidence of benefit. And so that transfer of that portfolio worked, worked very, very nicely for folks. And then, as I mentioned, kind of the acquisition loan fund was, you know, an important partner on it. The National Equity Fund that came in as the, the 
tax credit investor, always good partners with us. The New York City Housing Partnership has been strong, and they came in with their HDFC taking over, which is a housing development finance corporation. That not-for-profit corporation took over for the Abyssinian HDFC that had existed. So we worked with a lot of folks to, to get this done. And Citibank came in as a letter of credit provider. Uh, HDC was the lender. HPD, the city's housing agency, came in with um, subordinate debt and, and uh, subsidy as well. So it was an effort across multiple agencies and multiple partners, public and private, uh, to get this done. So it was a really, a really strong effort with a lot of, a lot of good longtime partners. And were there any additional challenges faced during the process or even after, or any key takeaways or best practices learned that you can take away and apply to other projects in New York City? Yeah, you know, we felt that particularly in, in neighborhoods like this where you have well-established older neighborhoods and you've got some older buildings, there's always issues around historic preservation potentially, around landmarks work, so you have to kind of run all that and make sure that you're compliant and you're clear on that. The other thing that was true for us and I think is replicable other places and would be encouraged is to really think about, um, you know, we, we work in a kind of counter-cyclical environment. We talk about, so our housing agency is called Housing Preservation and Development. So preservation is always in the name, but so is development and new construction. And when markets are strong, we kind of push to do the new construction. We're in a, a moment like that right now where interest rates are low and, and demand is strong and the markets are strong. So we're pushing ahead with a lot of new construction in addition to preservation. But when markets kind of retrench, if you go through a recession or a downturn, it's a really critical opportunity to provide affordability in the form of preservation, that you might be able to acquire portfolios or property at potentially at a discount, that it might be a good time to kind of pull back a little bit or take your foot off the gas on the new construction side and do the preservation. And that's what we did here. And it's also important to be able to have the tools that are ready almost in a rainy day fund kind of way to do that. So things like the acquisition loan fund that can both do the hot market times with new construction and land acquisition, but also is ready to be positioned to do things like preservation acquisition when the market might turn down a little bit, or even distressed debt when it's important to be able to acquire and control a property through that, through that distressed debt. That's a very useful tool to have. And the other thing I would argue for folks who are listening would be the ability to move at scale so that rather than just be able to do one 30-unit building, if you can pick up, in this case, we did 28 buildings, 358 units across a whole portfolio. And the way that we did it was really through that tax credit resyndication model that we had been working on and putting together specifically to deal with kind of portfolios that operate like this and look like this. And um, we thought it was a chance to make a significant preservation move in a neighborhood and a set of neighborhoods actually that really needed that kind of that kind of uh, attention. So for us it was great and we actually think that there are probably a lot of other places, a lot of other cities where they might be able to get the efficiency of it. I would add that when you do a single transaction like that, you know a lot of people will tell you this, to go out into the world and issue bonds and to take the transaction costs across a, a deal, whether you do 50 units or whether you do 350 units, some of those costs are going to be fixed. So when you can move at a larger scale, there's significant efficiency to doing that. So kind of recommended, you know, and not, I, I also recognize that not every place can do that and not every place needs that scale or is set up to do that scale, but where you are and where cities are, it can be really useful to be able to, to, move, at, to move in that kind of a way. 
That is great advice and great insight. Thank you. And as we close, is there any anybody that you want to recognize or anything else you want to share that we haven't touched on already about the project? I would write, you know, the folks who I named at Genesis Companies and at Abyssinian who worked really hard, but also our, our colleagues at uh, Housing Preservation Development at the city, their asset management unit, Amory Hendrickson and Chris Allred over there worked very, very hard on these deals. And in the preservation side of it, their assistant commissioner over there, Kim Darga, and now Kerry Labatz worked very hard on it. Folks at National Equity Fund, our, our, our partners at Citibank who are always good, strong partners on their letter of credit work, the housing partnership that we work well with, and all of our colleagues at the Acquisition Loan Fund have been great. And I'd like to thank some of our own HDC team who worked hard on the preservation side of it and the real estate side of it, but also on the financing side of it. Rich Froelich, who's our chief operating officer, Ellen Duffy, who runs our capital markets team, and Anthony Richardson, who runs our development team, were all critical to getting this uh, important deal done. So I want to thank them very much. Even, you know, the, the, uh, the housing plan, this is a housing plan that, you know, there's a significant amount of political will and real financial resources that the mayor and our deputy mayor have, have put into this housing plan. So, you know, always grateful for that. And we certainly recognize in New York City that, you know, I always say that this work is difficult to do everywhere. All of us across the country, in cities and in states, where this work is done, um, it's just as hard no matter where you go. Some places may have more or less resources that make it easier or less easy, but the work itself is fundamentally challenging work. And so we're, I, I just feel lucky sometimes to be in New York where we do have some of the resources to do this. But the more I talk to cities across the, the country, particularly um, you know, some of the larger cities, um, but also smaller ones, they're constantly looking for these kinds of tools to be able to do this work and to be able to, to improve the scale at which we can all do this work. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining us today. I want to once again congratulate you and your team and the entire New York City Housing Development Corporation for this award-winning project. And thank you so much again for joining us and taking the time out of your day uh, to tell everybody about this project and share best practices and insights and lessons learned. Thank you very much. We're happy to do it. We're very proud of this project and we hope that if we can provide any kind of insight to folks or anyone wants to reach out, we're always happy to have that conversation. So thank you guys for the recognition and we're happy to do this kind of outreach. Great, thank you. And if you have a project that deserves recognition and can serve as a model to other housing finance agencies, give us a call and we would love to interview you for future episodes. This is Jonathan Payne. Thank you for listening to NALFA's Affordable Housing Podcast.